Now the ball is in the Burnley half. There's a goal, Mouse Campbell for the ball. Duffy gets to it and slams it into the goal. Hello and welcome back to the Goldmouth Scramble podcast. We are entering game week 32, so we're analysing game week 30 and 31 plus in this very, very strange coronavirus time. But something that isn't strange, something that is always consistent and brilliant, it's my partner in crime, Seb, or comrade Seb, as we've kind of agreed on calling you. How are you doing at the moment, Seb, in terms of FPL, and are you happy to see the Premier League being back. Oh yeah, I'm really happy to see it back. But of course, when FPL comes back, it brings back the annoyances of uh, of, of of hindsight of, of of going for someone that you knew you should you shouldn't have gone for and made choices that you know you shouldn't have. Which, even though I had a really good score in game week 30, uh, I still regret it <laughs> quite a lot um and kind of bemoan my luck um so i got 107 points which puts me in a gimmick rank of 187,000, which uh, i really shouldn't complain at but i, I will anyway <laughs> um and that brought me up to about 260,000, uh, a rank rise of about 120k um and i mean successes of the game week were henderson um de bruyne and then pretty much just clean sheets all, across the board and some small little contributions but the the annoying thing is it's that uh, I captained Aguero instead of De Bruyne. And of course, Aguero didn't even start the first game. De Bruyne uh, went on a crazy, uh, crazy good streak. Uh, and I kind of, uh, I, I, I got further away from, from the chasing pack, which is, which is where I really want to be. Um, and Arsenal really annoyed me as well. I went double Arsenal with Saka and Aubameyang. And I mean, Saka got me seven points, got an assist in the second game, which I guess for his price is pretty good. But Oh, just that one uh, offside goal uh, that was that was ruled out um, with a Saka pass to Aubameyang in, uh, I think in the yeah in the second game, that that could have made my game week amazing, um, but sadly not. Uh, and of course, Egan red card and a Lundstrand bench uh, kind of really soured things for me on the on the second half of that double, but. Pretty good anyway, and uh, I realise I'm waffling on a bit. But the the next game week, uh, game week 31, I got 69 points. Um, not a great score, to be honest. Um, Captain Son, which he scored a goal, I think, which was then ruled out, which really annoyed me as well. Um, and I played Jesus, who didn't even start. Um, and I'm, I've missed out on some really good Man United points there. Uh, with Martial, annoyingly, who I, I, I've owned consistently in different patches this season. Uh, but of course, I don't own him for his hat-trick performance this week. Um, so I had a small rank drop this week um, after wildcarding. So hopefully I can bring that round next game week. But yeah, so-so for me. But what about you? High-flying top 10k. You still there? <laughs> yes. So since like lockdown, you know, been number crunching and everything, and I started game week 30 plus with a bang I got 115 points and you kind of mentioned it there you went with Aguero I went with De Bruyne as my captain and so he brought me a massive 30 points but that 115 points actually got me a game week rank of 74,000 and in terms of my actual rank as well I went from 12,000th up to 6,853rd so that was absolutely epic and I was high flying um 
Game week 31, I shouldn't moan because I still did pretty well, uh, well above average with 77 points. Uh, but just, I, I went with free hit this game week because I thought, well, Everton are playing Norwich. Norwich are pretty bad. Uh, Wolves, who who were Wolves playing? Uh, they had a good game as well. So Bournemouth. Uh, West Ham. It was West Ham in game week 31 plus. So, uh Jimenez did score, and he was my captain, so I got a nice 18. But um, I actually did have a little rank drop to 7,997. But I'm not complaining here because I actually feel like I have a bit of um, height and altitude sickness because maybe I've got uh, imposter syndrome, but I'm just like, how am I in the top 10K? But I'm going to ride it out. I'm really enjoying it, and I think it is really good fun. So I'm positive going into it, and I've also pulled my wild card for game week 31. So that's going to give us a lot to discuss. But as always, our trademark is piss off player of the week. There's two game weeks to choose from. Which player pissed you off most in your team over those couple of game weeks, Seb? Well, actually, the what the one person who pissed me off in uh, in game week thirty plus uh, was Doherty because I, he was in my he was in my tinker team um, and I took him out uh, involving a, a Jimenez upgrade um, and I, I'm really annoyed at that that I, I had him in and I I just yeah I, I just balls it up and I didn't get his, his nice twelve pointer um, on the second uh, game week game week thirty one plus I mean it has to be Jesus I mean why isn't he why isn't he starting? Um, which is just really annoying. Um, you know, Sterling. Sterling's much better on the wing. Uh, you've got to have your your striker. Um, you've got to have a competent striker in there. And Man City paid the price. Yeah, it's like you. It's not looking good for Man City at the moment, which is something we'll analyse a little bit later. But in terms of my piss off player of the week, it's got to be between Calvert Lewin and Richarlison. As I mentioned there. There were some good games in game week 31 plus and I was thinking, oh good, I'll capitalise on Everton who are a pretty good side. Calvert-Lewin has basically got it all. Uh, he's got the speed, he's got the strength and he's got that heading ability. I thought it's going to be an absolute shoo against Norwich but he only got a measly two points so I was very pissed off with that. So he is my piss-off player of the two game weeks even though I owned him for one and he is swiftly made it out of my team because it was free hit, but also he won't be coming back in. But there's a lot to discuss going into game week 32. And I, I don't know really where, where to start. Um, so Seb, who's kind of jumping out at you or which kind of players do we need to get in or possibly avoid? Um, oh, actually, some players to avoid potentially is Liverpool. They've just won the league. I mean, are they going to be on the beach? Um I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Liverpool assets? You know what? It's a really good question. And I'm actually on the side that I think Klopp will keep them motivated. I think that TAA is a guaranteed hold. You've got to hold him all season because he's basically kind of a, a midfielder or at least scoring kind of what a midfielder does. He showed it once again with a sumptuous free kick. Um, but also Salah was looking quite good. Mane was fantastic once again. Firmino was kind of a little bit involved, but those two front men of Mane and Salah, they devastate you. And I think that's one of the, well, I know it's one of the reasons why I had that little rank drop. 
And I think the best players are keeping the Liverpool players in, you know, those that have deployed wild cards or those that haven't and have just kind of had that wild card from game week 30 plus. They have kept in the likes of Salah and Mane. So I think they have to be a firm keep because they're going to be keeping the records on their mind. So they're going to be going after that 100 point plus if they actually do it, they could get 106 points, which would be a new Premier League record. And I think as well, the fact that they don't have Cup, they don't have Champions League, there's potential for rotation there. But who can like kind of play in the places of Mane and Salah? It, there's not much squad depth there. So they might be rested a little bit, but I think they'll still get game time. And they're so explosive. And some of those fixtures are looking good. Obviously, next week... It's Man City. But then after that, there's Aston Villa at home at Anfield. They're champions. They're going to they're gonna want to seal the league with a win. And the other ones there, Burnley, Arsenal, Chelsea, Newcastle. We know that Arsenal and Chelsea don't have a great defence. Burnley shipped, uh, was it five goals to Man City? Brighton or Brighton, mm-hmm. they kind of could have a defensive stop out, but probably not. And Newcastle are just as susceptible. So... I don't hate those fixtures as well, but maybe maybe I'm believing in them too much. They might take the foot off the gas. What are you thinking, Seb? Um, yeah, it could go either way, of course, as is the uh, the, the nature of FPL. But uh, I just I think Mane and Salah they're too expensive for um, what you can expect out of them, and I think Klopp will be keen to 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 blood his young talent. Um, we saw it in the FA Cup, a whole raft of changes uh, which caused them to go out. I mean. What's to stop him doing it again in the league? Um, I mean, you say that they want to seal the deal, but I mean, the, the league's already won. For them, it's just a procession. Um, well, of course, having no fans there uh, might take away from the from the occasion. Um, but I don't know. I just I just think other teams need results more now than Liverpool. Um, but you know, Klopp is a fantastic motivator. We all know that. Um, I am scared by not going with with Salah and Mane. Um, but it's just a judgment call that I'm kind of hoping to kind of differentiate me from the pack, um, which is probably more risk than than reward, but, uh, but we'll see. Well, what I would say is you've got to look at the other team that potentially and then did get 100-plus points in the Premier League. You've got to look back at the Pep 2017-18 season. They got 100 points plus. They just scored bags and bags of goals, 106 in total. And Pep... You know, he's a world-class manager. I would say Klopp and him are on par. Maybe Pep has still got the mantle because, you know, I don't want to question his amazingness. But they're the two best coaches in the world then. And it was 19 points that Man City won the league by that year. They absolutely trounced everybody. It was It was a pretty easy ride for them. And they didn't stop riding towards the end of the season. And the teams that we're talking about, I think Arsenal are kind of settled, you know, that they kind of accepted. Burnley and Brighton are the teams that they're pretty safe now. Newcastle as well. Chelsea will probably have top four confirmed by then, so they might like let the foot off the gas there as well. Aston Villa are just so leaky. So I think they're not playing teams that need to win as well. And even teams that do need to win, the likes of Bournemouth, are just so bad that even if they were to play those types of teams, that Liverpool are so much better. And I think 
what you said there about what do Salah and Mane offer for their price tag, well, they're the second and third highest scoring players in FPL behind De Bruyne. Uh, this week they kind of showed it. Salah got, was it an assist and a goal? Uh, they can be so, so explosive against teams like Aston Villa. So for me, they you have to own one of them because you'll be so hurt in, in rank if you don't. So that that's my kind of belief in it. I think Klopp will absolutely keep them motivated to the end. Um, what about Sun, though? Somebody who who's made quite a few of the teams, but I'm I'm still not sold on Sun and Tottenham as well. Have you seen any kind of inclination towards why I should invest in him? Um, well, I mean, he got an assist, of course, in, in the last game week, and he just barely offside for his goal. Um, I don't know. He's just he's just that 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 striker that has history of of going on these amazing streaks of of getting double digit hauls, um, and of course with Tottenham's great fixtures. Uh, I just think the stars could be aligning there. I think Spurs are going to want to get in the Champions League. Uh, it looks a bit distant, though, doesn't it? The Champions League. I think Mourinho will obviously want to push for that, and you know he he might um, he he might really push the players to kind of achieve that. But in terms of data, so I'm looking at what's happened since, and obviously pre-lockdown as well. But we won't look at that too much. But Mid-table defensive data since lockdown for Tottenham uh, and mid-table kind of attacking data too. But what worries me for Sun specifically is tactically he's played out very, very wide. He's not had those kind of runs into the box that we usually see. He's been more in a kind of stretch in the pitch and a little bit more maybe a creative role, you know, an enabler for other teams. And thus far, he's only had three penny. Uh, penalty area touches and two shots in the box you know for yes he is kind of uh, a, a player that can really have these amazing runs but if he's not in the position to score then I don't really see it and I, I'm super super tentative and this is somebody who does have him in his wildcard squad at the moment so it's, it's so you do have him I do have him but I'm I'm still super sent uh tentative because yes the fixtures look good but Tottenham have shown themselves up early in the season where they couldn't get fixtures and results against teams that they should have done so I, d I don't know uh, is there anything else apart from the historical nature of Sun that, that makes you think that he is worthy to be in your side um no, I just I, I just have a feeling. I guess that's that's what I mean. That's what I'm I'm running my my FPL decisions off. I think at the moment, Hunch FC. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think Sun. Well, but you, you you I don't know why we're arguing that. You've got him in your team. I've got him in my team. We both think he's a good player. <laughs> I've got him in because uh, a lot of other people have have him in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So mine is more kind of uh, making sure that I don't get caught out. <laughs> um, Fair enough. you know the, the elite players have got him in and I'm just starting to think maybe it's something that I'm missing so I've kind of kept him in there because people like Magnus Carlsen are, are happy to have him in you know they, they brought him straight in with their kind of wild card so I'm thinking 
Oh goodness! All right. Well, maybe there's something. So you're you're leeching off other people's decisions, and <laughs> uh, I, I hope you're happy and you're content with it. <laughs> well, it's got me up to six k so far, so I I can't argue with it. It's it's a tactic uh, that I haven't deployed much, but if it sees me through keeping the same position to the end of the season, then it can't be bad, can it? It's it's knowing who to look at really. Um, but who else are you looking at then, Seb, to kind of get that rank boost, maybe breaking that 100k mark? Well, Martial, Hattrick, uh, you're the stats man. Was it deserved Hattrick? Uh, do you think he's going to keep up uh, scoring uh, one, two, three goals a game based on his on his shooting statistics? Well, his XG from that from sorry from the whole of restart is about one so he has kind of over uh done that uh, i see i hear i see his actually is 1.32 of just this game week oh okay well it's 1.56 in total since restart so um he's, he's not really been that involved and a 1.32 scoring three goals is a 66 percent overperformance, isn't it so uh you know he should have got one uh, maybe two in total over those two games if we give him, you know, rounding it up. Uh, but three goals, probably not. However, I'm not going to write him off at the moment because in terms of the Man United data, I'm actually, I'm going to say it, and I've been very critical of them all season. I'm, I'm quite impressed. Post-lockdown, they've looked quite good. You do have to contextualise that obviously they played Sheffield United without Henderson, probably the best keeper statistically this season. And also their defensive back line was in shambles. But the team are confident, and confidence does a lot of good for players. Pog is back, uh, Martial is looking good, Rashford as well is on good form after coming back. Um, and also Martial himself, six shots in the box, is quite good. You know, he, he's one of the top performers there. Um, and what I find really interesting, though, is the XG chain data and the PPDA. So they've really sorted out their press. Also, they are creating good chances for one another. Uh, the top five of the top 10 XG chain players in the Premier League are Man United players. That includes the likes of Maguire, Luke Shaw, but also Rashford and Martial are up there and they're working well together. So post-lockdown, they're looking pretty good and pretty good fixtures. I think Martial might actually be a better shout than even Bruno Fernandes, who... Oh, I can't believe you're saying that. I think last last game week, though, uh, or last pod, I f did you mention him at all? I feel like you'd have been massively negative if you had. Martial, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. been. <laughs> it's funny how a hat-trick can change our perspective. It's not the hat-trick, um, but... it's the data. So, like I said there, he's overperformed on the data, but he is getting in the right positions and the team it's the team around him as well the team are improved and uh, me and Alex Stewart with our kind of pre uh, sorry post lockdown chat where we analyze the teams we said that if Man United can get their attack going they will be a top four side so I don't know what what do you think though with Martia and uh, do you think that I've just kind of uh, uh, you know sold myself out <laughs> um you you've changed your tune very quickly, but that's fair enough. I mean, they had uh, he, they had a really great performance in one game, so that's fair enough. Um, but so I'm 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 a sucker who bought Pogba instead of Martial, uh, and I'm 19 points the worst from it. Did I back the wrong horse? 
Um, I mean, did you do you catch much of his performance? Um, and should I be should I be shipping him out quickly for for, for Martial? Well, Pogba and Fernandez are looking quite good in terms of creating chances for the team. They they've worked well in tandem together, which is quite interesting. Uh, what it's really hard because I don't think Pogba's on penalties anymore, and that was a huge appeal. Uh, for him because Man United just seemed to get loads of penalties, especially from VAR. Um, so probably Martial is the better pick there. But, you know, if you've got Pogba at the moment, I wouldn't just move off him yet. Uh, it's just, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like the Mane salad debate a little bit earlier. They're, they're all around the same price, Fernandez, Martial and Pogba. This week, Martel's done better. Fernandez did better the other week. It could be Pogba's next week. We don't know. Um, but I would say statistically, again, looking at the data, looking at the numbers, Martial is getting in the penalty area. He is taking dangerous shots. Whereas Pogba and Fernandez are doing their creative roles. Uh, they'll probably be on dead ball situations, but they're not kind of confirmed now. Fernandez, I think, is on penalties. But apart from that... It's all kind of equal sums in my head. Uh, I don't know if any of that's kind of swayed your opinion towards any of them. Yeah, I think I just I just backed the wrong horse to be honest. And switching now, um, it's probably not not uh, great for my my myself my self worth my my dignity in FPL. Um, and I and I think I I went for Pogba because the team plays better with him. But I think. Obviously, the main output of the team playing better is the striker scoring goals, which is Martial. Um, so that's that's my mistake. But uh, you know what? I'll just take it and uh, I'll look for some some good players elsewhere. Well, what if Martial does well next week, though? Will you then buy him in? Probably, yeah. And then my dignity will be even worse because I got him <laughs> way too late. <laughs> so I just can't win. It's a very hard situation, and I wouldn't like to advise you because I'd feel guilty if I got the wrong call. But uh, again, spoiler alert for my team: I do have Martel in my wildcard draft, so um, I've kind of made that decision over Fernandez because I, I think Fernandez is looking good, but his his data isn't like amazing. And I said that kind of pre-lockdown as well. He's doing well. He's kind of facilitating chances. He's He's kind of assisting the assisters by... He's, he's a really good runner. He kind of draws defenders onto him. He also takes those long shots, which then teammates can follow up on, or it kind of vexes the keeper a little bit. But I don't think he's done enough for the, the huge investment that the FPL community have kind of put in him because he is going to be on penalties, some of the set pieces, but he doesn't have high enough quality shots. So I think you can kind of be rest assured there we'll just see a pog kind of uh, pops up in those positions what about though from the other city uh sorry from the other team in the city man city what are you thinking about riyad mares um oh he's a player like martial who sometimes just doesn't show up sometimes doesn't even get the team um, and then sometimes just explodes with a massive point haul, and it's it's so stressful owning him. Um, but you know what? Uh, better owning Mares than Jesus at the moment. Um, but you know, I think De Bruyne is the clear Man City midfielder to go for. Do you want two 
Man City mids, if you also want one of Salah and Mane, which I think you've said, and you also want a Martial, and you also want potentially a Fernandez and a Son, you know, those those midfield spots are becoming um, very scarce, uh, you know, trying to fill in all those all those great players. So you've got to really pick who you go for. Um, and to be honest, I think, I think going double Man City midfield may well be a mistake. Um, I mean, what do you think? You're you're the man with a higher rank. Uh, maybe if you shout loud enough, I can hear you from your your massive altitude of, of rank. <laughs> um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's it's quite a risk with Mares, and I think the risk will get higher as I think Guardiola is going to try and blood the youth now. So obviously, the Premier League they don't have anything to play for. I think the situation is different there in the fact to Liverpool, who will be pursuing records. Man City don't have anything to prove in the league. They'll probably protect some of the best players for the Champions, as, uh, for the Champions League as well. So I'm, I'm quite worried in that sense of putting it in Mahrez. But his data's just been mad, and he's looked so good on the pitch and tactically. He's such a tease. Like He's, he's really wanting me to get him in the team he's looking like he was that fantastic inside forward kind of cutting in on his left that he was at Leicester when he was one of the the top point scorers if not the top point scorer that season he just looks great it's so tempting and if people do get him in I wouldn't hate that but I think the pep roulette is going to be on another level uh, going post this uh, Liverpool match for kind of you know, they're not really fighting for anything. Liverpool are just fighting for that record points all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I bring up Mahrez because he just looks good, but I think he's a little bit of a trap. What about Chelsea, though? Second highest XG after City, uh, highest non-penalty XG. H- how are we resting on their assets? You know, Pulisic has come back with a bit of a bang. Abraham is underperforming still, but will he continue this? It's an interesting one because Chelsea have good fixtures as well. Is this a team that collectively we're snoozing on? Yeah, potentially, but of course we didn't know who to go for. Um, and I, I, I think I did shout out Pulisic uh, in our last pod as being someone who could go on a, a good run. And I think he, you know, he's shown that he, he seems to be starting on a good run. Um, but I mean, Giroud started the, the, the double game week, right? Um, although, of course, it's just a single game week for them. But um, and then I think it was Abraham who started this week, right? Um, so, what's happening with that striker? Uh, we we don't really know. It's 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 quite a big risk. Um, but I think Pulisic does look like an interesting option there. Um, Willian had a good game. Um, got I think three bonus points. Um, but has he got that consistency? Seven million, he probably is worth it, to be honest. Um, I'm umming and ahhing about them. Um, and I know that there'll be some, there'll be a, a good player that, that really emerges. It, look, it looks like it's Pulisic. Um, but whether I have the balls to, to get him in, um, I don't know. I don't know. What, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm just not sure. I think the toss up is between Pulisic and Willian because Willian has been kind of. A consistent player through the season. I, I think he's played quite a lot of the games under Lampard. 
uh, when he's been fit and that. And since lockdown, you know, he's started the two games. He's played 89 minutes and 90 minutes. Does that mean that he'll get rest after? I don't know, but the, the fixtures just look so, so enticing. You've got West Ham in there. You've got Norwich. Um, they're going to be gunning for the Champions League spots. And I think they've really hit their form as well. It's something, again, that we've kind of touched on in other podcasts. But they've kind of got their press down. They might still be leaky at the back. But going forward, they're, they're looking better and better. And they looked really good and formidable against Man City, who had beaten them earlier in the season. And, you know, they, they kind of got their vengeance. But it was no, like, accident that that's happened. They've really worked on it. And the toss-up is between Pulisic and Willian. If I had to go with a safer option, it would be Pulisic. Uh, sorry, it would be Willian. But for the big points, it seems like Pulisic is, is just sniffing around there. I'm I'm just a little bit worried again about his starting. But then probably Lampard will play him quite a bit now because he has had the injuries. He's working up that fitness and he'll want Pulisic to have good confidence going into next season with all the new players that are coming into the squad as well. So is it a tempting one? Or do you like William or Pulisic? Or are they just both a little bit kind of unsure at the moment? Um, I probably just lean towards Pulisic. Uh, yeah, that'd be my, my go. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Um, and anybody else that you're kind of looking at apart from Pulisic? From the Chelsea team? Um, no. <laughs> Not even their defence, like Aspilicueta's being quite involved, you know, in some of the attacks. And I think they'll get some clean sheets. You know, you you have been a fan of Reese James before. Maybe somebody else. <laughs> uh, Reese James, yeah, I've fallen out of love with Reese James because he came on for one minute in Gimmick 30 and then didn't play in 31. So <laughs> uh, consider my uh, my friendship with James uh, terminated. Oh. Um, but yeah, Aspilicueta, uh, two assists... Um, in game week thirty, a bit of a bit of a um, uh, an exception, I guess. A um, bit of a, a wild game there. I don't think he's going to be able to do that consistently. And you've said before, you don't think Chelsea have a good defence, so why would you invest in them? I'm just playing the devil's advocate because previously you have invested in Chelsea's defence and you thought they were quite good. I, I don't know if you'd overlooked them. That's why I was bringing them up. Uh, I won't be getting Chelsea defence in. Uh, I don't think it's kind of worth the hassle. But potential with the midfielders. Um, Abamyang, a lot of people are keeping him in their teams. Is that an absolute idiot kind of move right now? <laughs> um, quite possibly, but his next fixture looks really enticing. So I think if anyone would transfer him in after transferring out, after having him in again, uh, which may or may not be me, uh, I think they're, <laughs> they're on for some good points. <laughs> what would I, what would you say to Everton, though, last game week, who had this same brilliant fixture, really good players, probably more informed forwards? Uh, does that make you a little bit worried, the fact that they've kept quite a few clean sheets in their last games as well? Um, yes, it does now that you mention it. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> Um, but I don't know Norwich are a pretty pretty dire team, one of the one of the worst in the league at the moment. Um, you know, it's 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 too tasty a fixture not to jump on. Uh, if if you're someone in my position who's 
getting a bit desperate, maybe. <laughs> he has underperformed so far, so kind of logic dictates that he'll go back to his mean in many ways. You know, an XG of one, six shots in the box. And my God, I think the gods just did not want him to score the last two game weeks because he was so close against Southampton. Did you see the the one that literally kind of skimmed the other side of the bar and then went the other side? Literally, probably 99 times out of 100, he would be scoring that just for breakfast. Absolutely. But I don't know, what, what's been wrong with Ober since the restart? Well, Arsenal in general, really. Uh, I mean, they, they they got a pretty good win last game. So hopefully they, they've turned the corner there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going wrong in Arsenal. Contract talks, I think, as well with Aubameyang, which may, may be uh, in the back of his mind or just causing some uh, distractions. Um, but, you know, you can't deny his quality as a striker. And I just hope that uh, players like Saka can step up and, and be the provider again. Yeah, he's had 11 assists this season. He's been sensational, Saka. I've really enjoyed watching him as well. I hope that we sign him up to a contract as well. Um, now, looking at Wolves, treble up of their assets seems to be the go-to thing. Which three, though? Which three are you getting in or have you got in? Uh, they seem pretty essential at the moment, don't they? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Jimenez and Dotti, I think, are obviously the the key uh, choices um, or the uh, the players for those first two spots. And to be honest, I I mean, I've not tripled up on on Wolves, but I think it's very viable too. They've got some great price defenders in there. Uh, Size being a very popular one, uh, who's gotten in with some assists, I think, and bonus before. Um, I think there may be one other one that's quite popular as well, but his name escapes me. But I think both of them are very very viable. Yeah, Sice is one of them. Uh, obviously, Doherty. Bolly's all right as well. He gets some involvement. He's a 4.8 defender. And uh, Connor Cody just starts every game. So he's quite a consistent one. But what about Adame Traore? Is he not done uh, it for you? Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, he's he's, he's got, got a good good run of uh, of points now. Um I mean, I, I had the impression that he wasn't great against um, pretty poor teams where perhaps Wolves might have more of the ball. Um, but it seems like, uh, I mean, he's, I think he's, he's scored points against some, some poor teams. So maybe that's changing. Uh, maybe he's just getting in some good form and, uh, and I should I should get him in. Um, actually, I, I think I plumped for Sam Maximan over, over Traore, which is <laughs> probably a mistake. But um, Sam Maximan's cooler looking. I think he's, um, a, he's a cool guy, old Sam Maxim. They're, they're, yeah. they're just absolute <laughs> crazy, both of them. They're so quick, big, strong, uh, absolute freaks of nature in a really positive sense. I would say, though, that in terms of expected assists in open play since restart, Traore kind of trounces Sam Maxim. So uh, 0.61 XA uh, to Sam Maxim's 0.16. But it's only two chance created, one big chance created for Trey Ore. So that to me would say that he can't keep it up. But then if he keeps starting, probably he, he can have some sort of output. And for his price tag, you can easily bring him in and out. It's just whether he's taking up a, a defensive slot or I, I don't know if Yota is kind of good at the moment as well. I'd probably avoid him. I personally think that it's the double up in defence and then 
Jimenez is just absolutely amazing. I think the final thing that I want to say, though, is what the hell has happened to Sheffield United? Best defence or second best defence in the league and now leaking three goals every week. Uh, super, mm. super weird. What the hell has happened there? Yeah, um, well, we saw the red card didn't um, didn't help Sheffield United at all, did they? Uh, of course, losing Henderson in the May United game as well. So I think you can... You can uh, excuse their performances based on on those two things there, um, but with Egan, is he? Is, did he get a second yellow? Or is he is he back for next next game week? Because um, if they if they can get their original back line back, the one that's worked so well for them um, of recent weeks, then I think they they probably can get back in with some good cleans. But I think uh, if my memory serves me correct, I don't know if their fixtures open, but they've not got a great run ahead of them. Um, which is why I've not gone for any Sheffield United players at the moment. But do you think we should be we should be looking to get them back in or or keeping them? Well, so far they've <laughs> weirdly enough they've actually got the worst defence in the league. Uh, again, like you said, you got to contextualise it. Lost Dean Henderson because playing parent club didn't have an eleven men on the pitch for the other three goal affair, but. They've got the most big chances conceded, most attempts in the box conceded. Uh, they're making Norwich look like uh, an actually good defence in those games. Uh, there just seems a little zeal is lost as well. Um, that maybe because they're safe, they're kind of like, okay. Um, maybe because they don't think that they deserve European football. Maybe it's just kind of a mental block where they're like, Oh, well, we probably wouldn't make European, so we're just going to take it back a little bit. And maybe it's the fact that it's a championship team with championship fitness that have made it up to the Premier League. Maybe that's caught up with them as well. So I don't know. It's it's a really hard one, but I think what we've seen so far is that there's kind of cheapish defenders like the aforementioned Wolves that will probably get you more points over the next few weeks. I mean, even somebody like Aurier from Tottenham, he's got great attacking ability. Uh, Tottenham will see if they get more defence stopouts. But if you're looking from the data, Tottenham's is mid-table defence, 5 million Aurier, whereas Sheffield United is about the same price, but bottom of the table. So... I'd be looking at other assets like that. I mean, does does Aurier tempt you at all, Seb? Yes, he's in my team. I uh, got a nice seven points from him last game week, so happy yeah. to keep him in. Oh, I should have had him in as well, but I played bloody Bergwin. <laughs> so I think that's all that we've got to cover from us, Seb. Is there anything else that you want to add before we get into the one community question we got and then obviously transfers and team selection? Yes, uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing your wildcard team. So uh, let's, uh, let's continue. Well, just before we go into it, we do have the community question of C. Guinness Stout, an ever-brilliant supporter of us. Uh, he said, what is the best United treble up? So who are you kind of selecting or thinking are the best players to kind of go for there? Um, actually, I was going to ask you about the Man United defence, but I think we did go on to another subject. Um I mean, I would probably say that Martial, Rashford and Wan-Bissaka are probably the best triple up there. Wan-Bissaka is a bonus point magnet, got a, an assist, I think, in the last game. Um, and I think he's actually quite highly owned based on his high points total last season. 
Um, so I think those three are probably the best. You've got a nice uh, mix of defence, midfield and forward. Um, but, I mean, Fernandez as well is a threat in there. So I think they're very interchangeable. Uh, Maguire as well, potentially. We know he, he's got good... Um, He's got good heading ability. He can get in on the, on those crosses and potentially get a, a goal and a clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, there's actually quite a lot of really good options there, which I think is going to be tricky to really nail down who is the best. But who do you think is the best triple up? I mean, a lot of people have said De Gea as well because 5.3 mil keeper previously has been world class. I think he's he's lost a little bit of confidence and hopefully he can kind of regain that. But I couldn't agree with you more. Those are the three that I would have plumbed for. Wambaseka, Martial and Rashford. I think Pog is he's a great player, but I just don't think he offers enough if Martial is the same price, which he is. And Fernandez for that extra 0.6 mil, I think the point ceiling is much higher for Martial. And, you know, maybe uh, kind of with this hat trick, he's he's got quite a few goals this season, 14 in total. So... You know, he's kind of a goal every other game kind of player. And that kind of works for a lot of people. I think that's better than the projected output of Fernandes and Pogba in my eyes. So hopefully we've answered that for you, C. Guinness Stout, and that you've got time to sort out your Man United treble up. But as you said there, Seb, let's get into the potential transfers, team selection and captaincy choices. So... How are we going to do it? Do you want to run through your team quickly or do you want to know my wildcard team and then we get on to yours? Now, go on. You're, you're the star of the season. Uh, <laughs> you, you should be front and centre. So let's go through the wildcard team. Uh, starting between the sticks, I've got Pope. Uh, it was previously De Gea, but then, as you said there, I've got Wambasaka in my side as well. So the back line is Sice. Alexander Arnold, Wambasaka, Doherty, and I've got Holgate, and the backup goalkeeper is Button. And then I've got Son, De Bruyne, Salah, Martial, and the wonderful Arsenal midfielder of El Nene, <laughs> who's going to get me loads of points because he doesn't play for us anymore. And then finally, Rashford, Jimenez, and Connolly are making up that forward line. So very, very exciting. I think it's changed a little bit since I last sent it to you as well. Um, is there any changes that you'd advise? Anything that you do or dislike about the team? Oh, I think that's a that's a great team. I think you're, you're going for a more defensive midfield heavy approach. So I, so I presume Connolly is going to be warming the bench for you. Oh yeah, for um, sure. But I think I can't, I can't really fault many of the choices there. You've got one of each great team in there. Um, I mean... Is it what you've got much money in the bank? Um, because Saka is still, still really cheap. So, if, if you want a good bench warmer, um, perhaps go for Saka. Is he within your reach? Uh, well, I got 0.7 in the bank. Uh, I was kind of umming and about whether I should get a better keeper than Pope, but is there a better kind of choice? You know, Burnley are quite good stop outs, and if not, Pope usually gets bucket loads of saves. So, it's an interesting one. But Saka, you know, I might be able to upgrade El Nene to that. Do you know what his actual price is? Because El Nene's 4.2. If you add the 4. Point, uh, if you add the 0.7, you've got 4.9. Would he be within reach? Yes, Saka is 4.7 right now. Ooh, I will look into that. 
That's probably the only um, change then. But um, so you've got 0.7 to play with. Um, Pope, he's got some tricky fixtures uh, in the midterm. Liverpool and Wolves double up 35 36. Um, uh, is there any other keeper that you could you could go to instead? Um, what about someone like Patricio? Oh, Patricio, uh, I wouldn't be able to get him in because I've got a treble up of Wolves. Ah, uh, treble up, of course, yes. Um, it's annoying because you must be very close to uh, Edison Edison or Allison. yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just close enough that I can basically reach them, but I'd have to, to get rid of other players in the team, and the team is kind of quite finely balanced. I mean, other kind of candidates are obviously... Uh, Henderson, we've got Debravka as well, um, but I think Pope is just kind of the most appealing at the moment. I, I'm really kind of stuck on how to improve that. I mean, Watford as well. I've I've kind of waxed mm. lyrical about them, but then they let in uh, a sloppy goal against Newcastle. So. I don't know, and the De Gea option is kind of sealed off because again, I've got triple up of Man United, and I think Wamba Saka for his price tag is is really really good. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think actually with goalkeeper, that's the that's the position where you're going to get the least amount of variance in any way. So I mean, you're looking at the top goalkeepers, and I mean, there's there's five of them, and they're like twelve points away from each other. Um, yeah. So you know, you can't really go wrong with with any of those. It's kind of half decent keepers, so I think you you probably shouldn't think about it too much and probably save, save a bit of money there, which I think you're you're right to do. Yeah, I think that they're as much as much as there. That that was my kind of not worrying too much about it. I was like, well, Pope's good; he'll get a lot of save points, whatever happens. And those two bad fixtures, you know, I'll just have to kind of hope that Pope kind of gets lots of save points, which he has done in the past. But apart from that, I think it's it's a pretty I'm excited to see this squad. And it's quite interesting to have Treble Man United and Treble Wolves, especially with two Wolves defenders, which is something that I don't think I would have dreamed myself having probably yeah, exactly. in game so. week 19. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny how things change, isn't it? Uh, I, I, I always think that, uh, that of you actually is that you think that whatever has happened in the last three or four game weeks will happen for eternity. Um <laughs> But it's it's good that you can you can mould your your opinion based on on up to date statistics. Yeah, and it's paying I, off for you. It, it has done so far. I'm just hoping that I can keep up with it. But what about your team then? Uh, how many transfers have you done, and have you changed the team much at all? Yeah. So as I alluded to before, I've just uh, I need to get Jesus out because if he's not going to be playing, then what a waste of nine point six something million, whatever it is. Well, no, well, Pep, he's going to be playing and scoring next week. I, I um, would say with Jesus, so I, I did read up about this, and he actually had an injury which stopped him from playing. So he he might actually break into the team, I don't know. But for me, I think he's, he's a bit of a worry because Pep loves Raz, and he also is quite a fan of the false nine, so he'll probably play potentially, I don't know, Maris or something in that role as well. There's there's a lot of people, I think, vying for that position. So I think you've done probably the right thing. I don't know. Are you worried about not having him? Well, yeah, but I'll be worried about keeping him in as well. So what can I do? <laughs> um, I mean, they've got Liverpool next, uh, which is obviously not a very good fixture. 
Um, and I just, I, I had the money in the bank to do it. Um, I'm getting back in a player who I hated owning <laughs> like two game weeks ago, which is a Bamiyang. Um, but you know what? It's, it's a bit of, bit of fun. Uh, and home to Norwich could be, could be fireworks. I'm hoping for fireworks. Captaining him now as well. Uh, the FF scout team have got him in their, their team for, for next game week and they've captained him as well. So I, I am also leaning on the, on the opinions of, of expert, um, expert players in our community uh, <laughs> and just hoping that that turns out. I'm, I'm tempted to take a hit for Martial in for Pogba now. Um, if, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably a smart thing to do. Just cut my losses now and, and say that Pogba was a mistake. What do you think? Is he worth a hit? Ooh, a hit. Well, it's Bright next week who have kind of shored up a little bit at the back and they're going to be playing to kind of confirm not getting relegated. But I think they're quite close now. I think for a hit, I'd probably hold off until the next week when they've got Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Southampton in the next three. So I I think, you know, just hold off and, and see as well. One more game week with Pog, you might get a little bit more data a little bit more analysis to see. I, I don't know. Do, do you think that's the wise thing? Yeah, I think you're right there, yeah. <laughs> We've got to temper you because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, I'm, I'll cross my fingers because hopefully in terms of my Arsenal supporting, Abamyang does well and hopefully for your team. But let's move on then to the fun bit. Um, let's go with your whole team selection then. Who's going to be making your 11 for next game week? Um, so I, I have De Gea in goal, um, although I didn't even mention him in, in my top four or five players to own for May United <laughs> just earlier. <laughs> um, but hey, we are where we are. Um, I've got Aurier starting, Alexander-Arnold and Doherty. Uh, then I've got middle four of Saka, Son, Pogba and De Bruyne. And then uh, up front, Ings, Aubameyang and Jimenez. Oh, you've got Dingalings still in there. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see what he does. He had quite a few little chances against Arsenal. I'm I'm surprised. It's against Watford, though, so we shall see if Pearson has kind of made an impenetrable defence. But there's no home advantage anymore. We're not going to say anything silly like that. <laughs> um, my selection is kind of what I've read out already. Uh, so it's, it's basically the team that I read out to Pope between the sticks. Size Doherty. Alexander-Arnold and Wan-Bissaka. Then Son, De Bruyne, Salah, Martial Rashford and Jimenez. And Mason Holgate is first player on my bench. He's playing Leicester, who haven't done well. Should I be starting him maybe against Leicester instead of Sice? You know, it's it's quite an enticing fixture, that. I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, well, just... Let's look. Let's look at it simply. I mean, look at Villa in the table. Look at Leicester in the table. I mean, I know you said that Leicester um, are in a poor run of form. Uh, Villa are as well. Um, and, but Leicester on their day can be anyone. Villa yeah. on their day will probably lose to everyone. Um, <laughs> does that make sense? A hundred percent. The only thing that I would throw in there is that uh, post lockdown, Villa have the fourth best XG. But do you think that's just a bit of? Uh, <laughs> 
a bit of enough yeah okay there. well there you go then so maybe maybe you should you should uh take one out i think you're going double walls right so if you wanted to uh spread your uh risk spread yeah. your basket and yeah differentiate a bit mm. um then maybe it is worth a, a shout just uh yeah getting in the whole gate because leicester have been absolutely dreadful and like you said they can do anything on their day but they just haven't had their day for a very long while have they uh, but, you know, th- these are the kind of games that can change, form can change at any time, so you never know. But let's move it on then to captaincy choices before we finish. Um, who is going to get the armband? Um, for me, it's Aubameyang. 100% no kind of worries looking elsewhere? Um, no, my other top players have bad fixtures. Obviously, they're playing each other, uh, Alexander-Arnold and De Bruyne. Um, I probably could go for a Jimenez. Uh, he's been in good form, but you know what? Aubameyang's more exciting. <laughs> uh, you've got Sun though in your side as well against Sheffield United, who have you know let in back to back three goal margins. Doesn't he tickle your fancy at all? Yes, um, but then what's the point of getting in Aubameyang if not going to captain him? I mean, <laughs> very fair point. It's yeah. It's kind of like me having Salah this game week. You know, I feel bad not captaining him. But my one is on Jimenez. I think against Aston Villa, they're going to rip him a new one because Villa like to play attacking football. And, you know, as we know, Wolves love to play on that counter and they're so, so quick. I think Doherty, Jimenez, Traore, they're going to link up well in that game and they're going to look good. So he's got it at the moment. But Sun does entice me a little bit because... Of Sheffield United's jaded history, but then I'm kind of really put off because I don't like Tottenham. Not because of my Arsenal roots, but just from a data perspective. So that is my choice. Uh, as always, we'll endeavour to kind of keep people updated on Twitter about our team selections. But for now, that's all our analysis going into game week 32. And of course, we wish you the best of luck and see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>